You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. All right, the reading this morning is in John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the words that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And he and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Thanks. Let me me pray, for we have a little bit of a chat this morning about New Year's Eve, and uh, what it it could bring for us. Let Let me pray. Father God, I pray that you use this time right now as you've been using this entire service. I pray you use my words, Lord. I pray right now whatever the year has brought before us, whether it's been a a new addition to a family or a loss for others, whether it's been new opportunities or new doors, old doors closed, Lord. I pray that we can take this moment and just ask you what you have for us, the step we might need to take, the steps we may need to take in following your ways in 2018. Speak to us now. Let us speak boldly so we can hear, but let us have ears to listen and be challenged or encouraged. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, good morning again. Uh, Happy New Year's Eve. And uh, Neil's communion actually tied in perfectly with what I want to speak about this morning. It is like there is somebody in control of it all. And we know, of course, there is. So it's fantastic. And look, who's ever had a New Year's resolution? Who's got one this year? Who's ever made any type of resolution? An idea, I'm going to do this better. It doesn't have to be New Year's, it can be any time. New Year's is a great season that we, we do things like that and we come up with new ways we want to do things or better ourselves. Here's some encouraging news for you all. Only 8% of people actually keep their New Year's resolution. I've no idea how accurate this is, but we probably, from talking, we know it's fairly accurate. So a bit of an encouragement for you this morning. Only 8%. of you will likely, statistically, not go through with a New Year's resolution. Sorry to tell you that. But um, I did a bit of reading about why this is. And uh, I found an article on a a website called Psychology Today, which admittedly is a secular website. It can be hit and miss. But I found some of the articles on why we're so bad at resolutions fascinating. Um, And you'll hear why in a moment. But let me give you the two reasons they say most resolutions fail. 
one, the number one reason why our resolutions can fail is because when we start a new habit, we often forget that an old habit needs to go. Say that again. When we start a new habit, a new thing, we often forget, quite often, something else needs to go with it. Let me give you an example. (coughs) I might say I want to sleep more in 2018. But that may mean I can't play games on my phone or read too late into the night to be able to get more sleep. Something needs to go for me to be able to do that. Um, I won't be able to just create more sleep. (laughs) An old habit needs to go. Um, Or you might want to be more productive at work or more organised. Then it's not accidentally going to happen. Other stuff needs to be stopped. Distractions need to be removed. A calendar needs to be purchased. You're not accidentally going to create a habit of being more organised. So that's the first thing. This, the, a couple of articles I read talked about why we fail New Year's resolutions. The second thing is we forget why very quickly. We forget why we wanted to change in the first place. It begins to fade It might be you want to speak more kindly to your spouse, show more respect in the new year. Then it fades. They do something to frustrate you. The year gets tired. You have three kids under three. (laughs) It's important, say, if it was a father of three three kids under three, that he remembers the wedding day, remembers the reasons he loves his family and his wife. It's important to remind us why we want to change. Otherwise, it just fades. I want to quit smoking, perhaps. Or an addiction, you need to remind yourself of the health reasons. Otherwise, stress comes and the habit kicks in. It's the why. And so number one, psychology today says, number one is that you need to cut something out most of the time. And number two, we forget why we started it in the first place. And the reason I share this, I guess, worldly wisdom with you this morning is, once again, the world is behind about 2,000 years because Jesus shared way, way deeper than this. But essentially, this is exact same thing when it comes to transformation and change in the spirit. Jono just read it. One of my favourite passages in John 15. Talks about being a vine or attached to a true vine. And in John it tells us two things when it comes to transformation into Jesus, as it says in Romans 12 2, transforming of your mind, renewing your mind, not conforming to the patterns of this world. Jesus tells us how this comes about and he gives two pieces of advice or two ways to bring about transformation, not in a worldly sense, but in Christ. And guess what he says? His first thing, he says, is you need to, there will be seasons of cutting out. A vine needs to be trimmed. He says the first thing, if you're going to develop something new, if you're going to let God develop something new in you, there are seasons of pruning. There are seasons of cutting. There are seasons of stopping old habits. 
Jesus is saying if you want to be a student of Jesus, if you want to change or transform, then there is a process of removing things. It's not the fun part of it, but there's a process. For instance, if you wish to be kind or more peaceful or more loving, we need to let God remove the anger, the worry, the hate sometimes in us. Or more practically, maybe God is telling you, uh, challenging you to read the Bible more, which I think is most Christians' New Year's resolution. Read the Bible more. Then this is a good intention, but if we don't remove things to make time for it, I love that. I've got to make more time for that. I love that saying. It's scientifically impossible to make more time for things. No, what you mean is I need to get rid of something else so that I have time. Pruning, letting God prune us. Secondly, of course, God says we need to know why. We need to abide, he calls it. We need to understand our story in God, which Neil did a phenomenal, um, Neil led us through a phenomenal time just moments ago, remembering why. If 2018 we want to be more generous, then we have to remind ourselves as much as possible. Because that'll fade, right? If we say, oh, 2018, I'm going to be more generous and things get tight, financially might be tight, we fade, we forget. But if we're coming together, as we do every week, and remembering what Jesus gave, what Jesus entrusted us with, then generosity becomes a whole lot easier. And so here's what the scary thing is. Not a judgment and not meant to be offensive in churches in our culture. But quite often we're, consume, we're, we're trained to consume information. So quite often our, in our general churches right across Australia we're, we're trained to come in, have our religious entertainment and then consume some information and then maybe afterwards talk about it if it was good or not. <laughs> it's a university sort of education. Some churches only even promote the ticket mentality. So we forget to ask these questions. So it's just get your ticket to heaven and then we won't speak to you. It's done. You're on the ship. Which is fantastic, by the way, but if we lose something in those two models, we forget sometimes as Christians to ask each other what God is doing, what God is saying, what is God moving you in? To turn to the person beside you and say, 2017 has been a big year. Has God said something to you in that? Is he moving you in? Not what your pastor has an opinion on, but what is God doing? And what is God saying for you in 2018? And that's what I just want to spend a couple of moments reflecting on. And so I'm going to ask a couple of guests up, and I'm going to ask them that. What's 2017 taught you? And what are you going to do about it in 2018? And so the first one isn't so much an uh, interview, um, but I do want to have a chat to her. But I'm just going to ask Wayne. Sorry, Wayne, can I? You're not the guest. Don't panic. I would have gave you more warning. Just get you to move this forward. I can do that. You can do that. And an interview. No, no, no. I'll give you more time. <laughs> Is that all right? And let me check the mic works. But yeah, let's just spend a moment. And as I interview some people, have a think about what is God teaching you? What do you want to do different in 2018? And what does he need to cut out 
and how are you going to remind yourself of why we want to change? Why we want to become more like Jesus in 2018? Let me ask Renee Wilkinson. I haven't prepped you with questions, but can I get you up? Is that all right? <laughs> Come on up. Give her a hand. Encourage you. Is this on? There we go. That one's on. So I haven't prepped you with an interview. I get, I'll come down here, actually. But what I did want to do is something happened a couple of weeks ago and I wanted you to, um, for those that weren't on Talabudra Beach, I'd love for you to share a little bit about what went on and uh, what are you excited for next year. Um, is that okay? So I have put you on the spot, but um, it's exciting news. Yes. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> is this on? It's on, yes. Yeah. Yes, I decided to become a Christian because I was born as a Muslim and my grandfather was a priest. My mom ran away to marry my dad to become Muslim. And I'm not criticized about religions, you know, but when I see everything happen around the world, it breaks my heart, you know, I cry. So. I decided to become to be baptized to become a Christian. So this is how I am. I'm sorry I'm crying because I'm so happy. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. It's, it's, can we encourage the nice? And what are you excited uh, about 2018? Oh living, yeah, living with Jesus. All I'm excited is. Uh, to everyone is um, I wishing them all is uh, in good health and happiness and God bless you all thank you so much thank you. we uh, we headed down a couple of weeks ago with some of the boys and Renee we we got baptized and it was um, it was a beautiful morning and we want to do many 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 more mornings like that here at Burley but um, it's so great that you can enter 2018 with Jesus and, and on that process of transformation and asking him what he's doing today, Lord. Um, and so we've got, we got your certificate here and, uh, and uh, we'll have a bit of a chat about membership as well. And uh, speaking of membership, this is a long overdue. I should have announced it years ago, not, but maybe weeks ago. Nancy has also come on board on, as a member as well. So can we give her a hand as well? So I'll come and shake your hand, Nancy, so make it more official. There you go. I don't know why I'm using this mic, because I'm already mic'd up, but it's, okay. it's ridiculous. So, so, thank you so much for thank sharing you. with us this yeah. morning. So. Thank you so much. No worries. And <laughs> now, now all my wishes come true. There you go. Thank you so much. <laughs> no worries. Thank, thank you. you. All right. The next, the next person, I prepped a little bit more, and she loves public speaking, she told me. Uh, Teresa, would you come and grab a seat and we'll have a chat, so. I didn't really give you a way to say no, so that's all right. <laughs> and grab that, so. So, um, I've got you and someone else this morning and I just, um, so often we forget, we come in, like I talked about, we come in at nine o'clock and we leave, we talk about our day, talk about what we like in the service and we forget that we all have the Holy Spirit that is moving in us. And what a time, New Year's Eve, to ask each other, what's God been saying? It doesn't always have to be miraculous. Um, it can be the little things that God is moving in. Uh, that's what a whole Christmas season has been about, God moving in the mess and chaos of life. And so 
Um, firstly, what do you do? Tell us a bit about yourself, if that's all right. I didn't prep you with that one, but hopefully... <laughs> okay, well, um, can you set going? I'm Teresa, and I, um, I actually work for Blue Care, um, and I do community care. So I go to clients' homes and you know, mostly showers, make sure they take their medications, wound care, that kind of thing. And you enjoy that work? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I've love been doing it. it for 16 years. So there you go. Yeah, same job. So. And how long have you been here at Burley Church? 20 years. 20 years. There you go. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So people that have been here know you, Mick. Yeah. And, and so when you look back on 2017, there's many different things I imagine, but what's something that God has been challenging you with? Well, um, at work, I'll stick with work, um, <laughs> We've had a lot of challenges at work. It's, um, we've had amalgamation of Kira and Eleanor, and I'm from Eleanora branch, um, and we sort of had to all move over to Kira, which was quite an upheaval. Um, but the big thing was they gave us this phone, and it, um, and it was a Samsung Galaxy. I'm used to iPhones, so it's completely different. We got an hour's training, and then they said, we're going to use this app now, no more paper um, rosters you're going to be using this this um, app so you get a user word password and um, you put the user word password in and you know it just says no wrong password wrong <laughs> so you ring up work and say look I can't get onto my um, what's your app. password <laughs> no you have to tell Mick is handsome that's right <laughs> no, number 12 because there's 11 other mix yeah no sorry I'll keep so anyway <laughs> so I ring up work and say look um, to tell them I can't get on and you say, please leave your number and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And you're supposed to be at a client's house in five minutes and you don't even know where you're supposed to be. So um, it's quite, it was quite challenging. And then, um, yeah, so then the, we have new um, women who are giving us, doing our scheduling for us and, um, and they aren't medically trained. The ones who were medically trained, they've been sort of put off because they've been paid too much, so it's cost cutting. And um, so your next thing you know, you look at you, when you can get on your app, you look and you've got three clients at seven o'clock. And so, so you ring up and say, look, I've got three clients, and, but then you get, no, sorry, um, there's no one in the office. And, um, so you just let them know you've gone to such and such. But then they give you one at like two o'clock in the afternoon that needs a seven o'clock shower because they're like a hoister and they can't get out of bed. So they don't want to stay, like he might be 18 and he wants to get out of bed, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I've just learned patience. Like patience. Things are out of your control, but you just got to, yeah, know God's in control and um, yeah, some things you can't change, but you've got, God knows. And does the app have updates every six months or something that totally change everything yet again? Well, the thing is they can change your roster. You, can, <laughs> okay. you look at your roster in the yep. morning and you see, oh, you've got six clients and then... Um, you can look and next time you look, it's different people completely. And um, so you've done a client and you think, oh, shivers, I shouldn't have even been at that client. And um, <laughs> so you just write, da da you like you. So yeah, it's been quite stressful. A lot of, a lot of the people have left and under stress yeah. and schedulers have left because they, they get abused by the carers and the nurses. And so, yeah. So I take it maybe from the laughter a little bit that people have had familiar, familiar um, experiences in their life or this year, who else has been frustrated by technology or systems in the workplace or anywhere this year? So, yeah, so it's familiar too. And, yeah. But God is working in that and yeah. he's stirring. And so, yeah. you, um, 
and the systems can get pretty frustrating at times. <laughs> Absolutely. And so in that moment, in an app, in the, in the work environment, God has said something to you and it's about patience. Yeah, yeah. And so as you reflect on 2018, and as Neil shared, it's step by step. It's not a full, here's my seven step plan to cure, to give me patience. What's one way that you can develop more patience or a couple of ways or however much you feel that you can allow God to develop patience in you? Well, I think I've always had patience. I like to think I have, but um, I just got to remember that, like these women who are doing our rostering, they're doing their best. And, and if you know, if I go and tell them, look, you're not doing a very good job, um, you know, it's not going to be beneficial. So I just sort of, you know, just you be kind to them and speak nicely and just sort of say, look, I, I can't really fit three clients in at seven o'clock. Um, is there something you can do about it, please, sort of thing. So <laughs> yeah. you just got to be nice and, you know, make people make mistakes. So, Absolutely, yeah. which may seem so simple, but anybody that I've known that's worked in a healthcare system, mm. uh, people don't always talk nicely to each other. No. And so what a way in 2018 mm. to shine God's light mm. by just being patient yeah. and, and speaking love. And, of course, we stuff up from time to time. Everybody mm. has those moments where you say... Yeah, I definitely shouldn't have said that. Yeah. But um, I'm so excited by what God's doing. And thank you for sharing. I know you don't, you don't love public speaking, but I um, appreciate you getting up here and just sharing what God's doing in this moment. So can we, can we encourage Teresa? Thank you so much. And now I want to invite um, one of someone who's been here a little less um, than 20 years. Jono, can you... Jonathan Roberts, can you come up? So, can we... <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> Thanks for doing your reading. Thank you. Um, tell us a little bit, how long you've been here? How long have you been here? Um, yeah, March. A week after you. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and what do you do with yourself? Tell us a bit about your family and your... Yep, so I've got two of the kids that run around, two little girls, five and three, um, and my wife, Sarah, and we, I am a primary school teacher by trade. I've been teaching at a local school for seven years. Very, very nice. Hmm. And uh, where'd you grow up? On the Gold Coast. I was born here, raised here. Um, all my um, childhood and early adult life was uh, through Southport Church of Christ. Um, had a short stint in America and then back here for university and yeah. Yeah, lovely. Still here. Yeah, very nice. And um, girls love Christmas? Yeah, it was fun actually. They're at a really good age where they're enjoying um, Christmas so much and everything's so exciting for them. So for Sarah and I, it's, uh, Christmas is really fun again and, and exciting. Yeah, mm. very nice. And so mm. you know the questions that's coming. Mm -hmm. And so into, as you reflect on 2017, um, and which is so hard in our culture where everything is beeping at us and yelling at us and telling us to keep being productive, to actually stop and, uh, and just reflect. So I can't believe how hard it can be just to stop mm. and say, hey, God, what are you teaching me this year? Um, and so when you have given that time, is there something that's come up that you think God might be teaching you in to this year? Yeah, so one, one thing that God's kind of been talking to me about over the last few months is being a lot more um, aware, um, I guess situational awareness in how I relate to my daughters and to my wife. Um, something that every parent and grandparent always tells you when you have kids, they say, oh, enjoy it, it goes so quickly. Um, and you hear it 
a hundred times in the first week of their birth. But but it is something that is so true, and and it is just going so quickly. My daughter starts school this year, and so I really took a moment um, a couple of months ago, and I just thought. This is, this is happening in front of my eyes and I need to be completely aware of what's happening and making sure that I'm there. Mm. Um, there's a great proverb in the Bible that says, start your children off on the right way and even when they're old, they won't turn from it. And I, I guess my, um, my resolution, if you will, or, or my goal is to make sure that I am um, fully aware of my interactions with them um, fully aware that I am soaking them up as much as possible. Um, and that also goes with my wife and making sure that my, my professional career um, or church interactions or, or even spending time with kids is getting in the way of that relationship. Um, and so practically, I've, I've laid out a few, I guess, steps in how I'm going to make sure this happens because you can just say, I want to be more aware, but it's hard to just do it without having steps in place. So um, that might look like more regular and scheduled date nights, um, both for my wife and with the kids, um, making sure that we're scheduling time to pray together and pray for each other, um, ensuring that we're not just filling every day and every hour that we have with jobs and, and making sure that we have time to actually enjoy each other. Mm. Um, and for the kids, a little bit more specific for Sarah and myself, um, scheduling in times where we're demonstrating how to live like Christ. So whether that's um, through a community service of some sort or um, instead of retreating to the back room to read our Bible, doing it in front of them and, and demonstrating what it means to um, live a holy life it, to the best of our ability. Yeah, thank you so much. So that was my second question, okay, which went, no, it's great. No, no, tell me, which is, yeah, what will you, what can you do about that? So that's, fa that's fantastic. And so as you go into 2018, um, rather than just saying, God, um, just give me more time with my kids, um, which is a lovely prayer, but again, can't create time. I've got to get rid of something, um, mm. which you spoke about, changing, exchanging, and abiding in God. And so letting him work in it, but actually giving him the space to work in it. It's funny the amount of things that I thought as a, coming on board as a pastor, that I thought would naturally just happen. Mm. And so I didn't think I'd be challenged by, for praying to my kids because that's my job and that's what <laughs> I'll naturally do. Mm. Find myself, yeah, I, and I'm challenged by your challenge that, yeah, a couple of weeks pass and you're like, I haven't prayed with them. Mm. Um, and so it's not going to accidentally happen. And so I appreciate that and appreciate you getting up and sharing. And, and we appreciate what you do with, the, um, with our children as well, with running the kids' ministry stuff. And so can we just thank Jono and um, give him a hand thank for you. sharing. So, thanks so much. So a couple of stories just amongst us. And it's amazing what can happen when you ask somebody <laughs> what God is saying to them. Um, I was devastated when I grew up, one of the girls I grew up with said to me a couple of years ago, about four years ago, and it just haunted me. She goes, I've grown up in church, and I, she said, 20-something years, you know what, and God's never spoken to me. Um, and she didn't mean an audible voice, she said she'd never felt God speak to her. And as I asked myself about that, as I felt challenged about that, I thought, no one's ever asked her. In 25 years in church, no one's ever asked her what's God stirring and teaching her to hear from him. Uh, John, I'll tell you, it wasn't a phone call. Teresa will tell you, it wasn't a loudspeaker one morning. 
but God is working in them. The Holy Spirit is stirring and wanting to transform, being more patient, spending more time with the family, growing them in the ways of God. And so as we finish off this morning, can I challenge us, church, and you know this has been my thing for the last nine months, walk across the room, grab a coffee with somebody, a tea, dinner, lunch, I don't, it doesn't matter what the medium is there, and ask them, what is God saying to you? And what are you doing about it? It's tempting to ask them, what is God saying to that particular person in the church? Even a funner one is, what, is God, what do you think God is saying about our pastor or pastors? That's a fun one as well. Before you get to that, ask each other, what is God saying to you? And, and look for ways to cut, let God prune you, cut things out so that he can fill you with something else. And look for ways to remind yourself why why you want to be more patient. And I loved what Teresa said. By being more patient, it's not just that she can be better, but she starts to look more like Jesus. People start to notice why. She, I have a fair few friends that are nurses or doctors or a social worker for a wife, and they talk about the amount of talking and speaking and backstabbing that happens in the healthcare system or any community. Just to be a person that's patient, loving and kind is being Jesus in that place. And for John, who's surrounded by parents, just by being a loving father, people notice that. Look at the way he speaks to his wife. Look at the way he speaks to his kids. I want that. Tell me, Jono, who do you know? How do you do that? And he can point them to Jesus. Let me pray in the coming weeks tonight, ask yourself, what is God saying? And what are you going to do about that? Father, we are your apprentices, whether we're a young child learning your simple ways or a mature adult learning to refine things. Father, we are on an apprenticeship with you. We are students of you. And on the eve of a new year, Father, speak to us, challenge us, teach us and give us some things to work on next year. Not in our own strength, not in some humanistic reach deep within us, Lord, but in your power, through your story, through your sacrifice. Continue to transform us or sanctify us, Lord, to look more like you every day, every year. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.